Perinatal Support Washington was started by parents who never wanted another parent to experience postpartum depression or anxiety by themselves, to be alone with that experience. And to this day, 30 years later, those are the services that we provide. Many, many of the people in our organization are people with lived experience. They might also be professionals now with professional training. Supporting parents so that they're not alone is our number one priority. Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Mia Edden. She is with prenatalsupportwashington.org. Mia, welcome to the show. Hi there. Glad to be here. So tell me your title at perinatal.org. Yes, I am the clinical director at Perinatal Support Washington. My role really is I oversee all of the direct service programs at PS Washington. And so that means all the services that we're providing for families. And then I also oversee all the training programs for providers. And so we do a lot in both of those categories. And I'm happy to tell you more about those. So let's start with the personal level. We call it perinatal, and I'm happy to tell you why. Please. I actually think that a lot of people think of postpartum depression, right? That's like the first thing that you think of when you're thinking about any type of mental health complication during the perinatal period. But actually, what we call postpartum depression is actually depression that started for that person either before they became pregnant or during pregnancy. And so it's really important that we're actually not just calling the experience of having depression postpartum depression, but we're talking about it as something that could happen at any time during the perinatal period. And perinatal is right anytime before you give birth. So it might include pregnancy. It might include when you're trying to have a baby or trying to conceive all the way to about one year postpartum. That's very interesting. And I, and I like that because 30 years ago, my baby is 30. I had that depression. And first of all, I wasn't really prepared for a third child. Then along with that, when he came, he was so colicky. Now, we all know probably a lot of my pregnancy may have caused that. During my pregnancy, his dad was involved in an accident and had a severe head injury, head trauma, was in the hospital. And so then he, when he got out, he couldn't work. So there was a lot of stuff around it. But I remember people would call and, and if they would say, how's the baby? I remember mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, he cries all the time. People didn't know what to do or what to say. And then I noticed people stop asking me and I didn't have the support. I didn't know. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Yes. So what we know is that any life stressor that happens during a pregnancy or any time during the perinatal period can put a parent at risk for developing not just postpartum depression, but postpartum anxiety. Our experiences during our pregnancy and birth can also lead to something called birth trauma or medical trauma during the perinatal period. And so we really talk about perinatal mental health as a spectrum. We don't just talk about it as postpartum depression. And a lot of people just also want to refer to it as just postpartum. Postpartum is a period of time that any person who has a baby has. And I think that what you're talking about also is when life stressors happen and then having a colicky infant or an infant that's difficult to soothe is absolutely a risk factor. I can imagine, and you can share a little bit more about it, right? It's hard to get a break. It's hard to have someone screaming in your ear all day long and not get a break from that. And if potentially your partner was also less able to help because of his own medical condition, it's so much pressure on typically the mom. And that's a lot to ask to take care of three kiddos, right? Potentially be taking care of a loved one as well and to have a colicky infant. And people don't want to take 
a colicky infant. Yeah, that's a great, great point. Yeah. The other thing that you mentioned that we hear all the time is this experience of sometimes when you're pregnant, you know, there's a lot of attention for the pregnant person, right? How are you feeling and how are you doing? And that that attention immediately shifts to the baby as soon as the baby's born, right? And that experience that you shared of how is the baby for the mom can also feel like, what about me, right? Where am I in this? Nobody even cares how I'm doing. And like you said, nobody knows what to do, right? Because if we don't say everything is wonderful and I'm so in love and this is the best thing that happened to me, people feel uncomfortable and don't know what to say. I was really blessed because I lived in a small community and a friend of mine was getting her nursing degree and she had to do something with a, a new parent. She had to like be with them, talk to them. So she was really my support and validation. I think what was hard is I didn't know there was help. Well, now there's help. How does somebody know they that maybe they could reach out for help? The things that we talk about is that someone should seek help if help would be helpful. Because a lot of times parents do say, is this bad enough, right? Should I seek help now or when should I seek help? And we actually really want people, right, to reach out just if it would be helpful. And we have a lot of services that are directly for parents to connect with other parents. And so it can be intimidating to call a doctor or to call a therapist. And so we have services that are called peer support services. So that's a peer means it's a person who's had a very similar lived experience to you. And so their parents who had, maybe they had postpartum depression or maybe they had postpartum anxiety and they answer the phone when the parent calls and they're there just to talk. And there's no agenda for the phone call other than to talk with that parent, to find out what's going on. We could provide resource and referral for that parent and we could just talk. So there's lots of things that we could do with them. I love that. If it seems like it will be helpful because I do think that parents put a lot of pressure on themselves. Like it, like you said, is this bad enough? Or they think they should be able to handle more. That is a self-judgment that is so debilitating. And what we've learned, if anything, through COVID is how important connection is. And I can't imagine what it's been like for women having babies during COVID. Yeah, it's been really challenging. So actually, isolation is one of the leading causes of postpartum depression. And so as you can imagine, during COVID, when isolation has been so heightened, we've actually been seeing three and four times the rate of perinatal depression and anxiety. Um, and that peer support service that I was just talking about, it's called the statewide warm line. So it's a parent support line that parents can call in. We've seen almost a thousand people call in last year alone seeking support because it is really challenging. Kind of like you were talking about, you know, having a young kiddo at home, not having a lot of support because it's difficult to travel and people aren't really going into people's homes. And it's gotten a little better since adults have been vaccinated, but of course, young kiddos still can't be vaccinated. And so for parents who have young kiddos, they're still experiencing a level of isolation that's different than people who have kiddos five and above, right? Or don't have young kiddos in their life right now. I have great niece and a great nephew that I have not been able to connect with because of COVID and being respectful of the families. So I see that that can be a real issue. Like you said, if it feels helpful, a lot of people don't want to say I'm depressed. What would be another way to state that so that people would feel like, okay, I'm going to call regardless. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's if they're feeling overwhelmed, if they're feeling like they don't have someone that they could talk to, if they're feeling like sometimes they get stressed. Other things to think about might be if they're having trouble sleeping, um, that could be a good sign to call. And so they don't have to think they're experiencing postpartum depression or anxiety to call our parent support line. And actually that question could be the reason that they call. So they might be wondering, gosh, I don't really know what's going on. And while we don't diagnose on the on the parent support warm line, that's not our primary role, we can certainly provide lots of information about what postpartum depression is or what postpartum anxiety is and what it looks like. We don't have to define it or call it anything. The parent can choose any way that they want to define their experience. And that's fine by us. The warm line is 888-404-7763. So let's talk a little bit to families, people who notice something's going on. Family members can absolutely call the warm line as well. So a partner, a mother-in-law, a sister, they can call. We ask that they don't say, please call my daughter, please call my wife, right? Please call my sister. But they can find out information about postpartum depression or anxiety. They can find out the local resources and then they can support their loved one. We would also talk with them about what are the concrete things that they could do? How could they show their loved one that they're listening, that they care, that they have some knowledge? And so we would spend some time talking with them. If it's the other parent, if it's a dad or a partner, we would also provide them support because this is also happening to them. So we're not just talking about the person that might be experiencing the postpartum depression or anxiety. We're really talking to the other parent and saying, how are you doing? And are you getting support? And is someone helping you? And same for a grandparent, you know, or someone who is providing caregiving because even, you know, caregiving is a hard job and we want to support the person who's supporting their loved one. I think it's really easy to feel helpless when you notice it and you don't know whether to say it because you don't want to sound like you're accusing, but like for me, knowing what it's like and then knowing, wow, now there's a a warm line, there's a place to go. And like, I know even if people are trying to nurse and they're struggling, that can cause women to feel like they're failing. Mm -hmm. If they can't achieve sort of their set goal of, you know, exclusively breastfeeding. Yeah. And actually, you know, breastfeeding stress or even breastfeeding trauma is something that we would absolutely talk about on the warm line because, you know, breastfeeding can be protective. If breastfeeding is going well, we know that actually that can protect uh, birthing people's mental health. But if breastfeeding is not going well, or if lactation is not going well, and someone's really struggling and they really, really wanted to give only breast milk or human milk, it can actually lead to guilt and shame. Like you said, feeling like their body is failing them or they're failing their baby. We talk about that with parents on the line every single day that parents end up feeling like they're spending more time with the pump or trying to figure out how to to get their baby to latch, then they are bonding with their baby, right? And then they're worried about that relationship and they're worried about that interaction. And so it's a very, very common experience that we talk about and normalize with new parents and think through not necessarily what they're going to do specifically about their nursing relationship, because that's their decision, but thinking about how they can approach that decision to meet both their baby's needs and their needs and help them bond with the baby in the way they would like to. I want to talk about the services you offer, but before that, let's talk about providers. First of all, what who would be considered providers and then how do you support them? 
we think of providers as anyone who actually works with a childbearing person. So that might be the front desk staff at the pediatrician's office or the OB's office. That might be a home visitor. That might even be a childcare provider or like an early head start provider. We think that all providers who work with anyone who has children sort of zero to three really needs to have some awareness and knowledge around what we call perinatal mental health complications. And there's a lot of training that's available for providers. PS Washington, we have free trainings that are provided, postpartum support. International is another great resource to get uh, training as a provider. But we really do encourage anyone who's working with childbearing people to have some tools and resources, right? Um, have a really simple resource and referral guide you can have available if you're if you're working with a parent and you're starting to hear, gosh, this is really harder than I thought it was going to be. And actually, I'm not really feeling as happy as I imagined I would. Or actually, I'm having trouble sleeping, right? Any of those types of things that a provider might hear, we would encourage them to either refer the parent to the warm line, to call the warm line yourself and get some tools for your client. And then you can bring them back to your client or your patient or to make sure that the parent is having that resource as well. So the parent can always call the warm line as well. I love it that you said, don't tell us to call your person. I'm also a life coach and I'm all about asking the questions. And I think the more the other person can find out and then use and say, hey, have you heard about? Mm -hmm. And then give them the opportunity to explore rather than you need to, because if you're already feeling bad and somebody's everyone's telling you what you need to do, not helpful. So what are some of the services that you provide? So the service that I was just talking about is our parent support warm line, and it's staffed by either trained professionals or parents who have experienced any range of postpartum depression or anxiety. We answer the phone every day, Monday through Friday, 9 to 4.30. So when you or or that parent calls, we're there to answer the phone, which we know makes a really big difference, providing support when people need it. On the evenings and weekends, we provide callbacks, so people still don't have to wait if it's off hours. We typically can call someone back that same night or again. And if you call on the weekend, we'll call you or your loved one back pretty much that same day within a few hours. So we really don't want people waiting. We want, we really want folks to have someone to talk to when they need it. And then the services that we provide on the warm line, it could be sharing our own stories as parents who have had postpartum depression or anxiety. It can be finding you a really specific re- referral. So for instance, if you speak Spanish or another language or making sure that the therapist referral, if that's what you're looking for, takes your insurance, making sure that the therapist even has openings. It's one of the things that's really hard right now is that mental health therapists are very, very full. And so what happens is parents and loved ones are calling multiple offices trying to find care and not really finding care. And it can be really disheartening. And so it's one of the things that we do for families is sort of take that work off of you so that you know when we give you the referrals that they're meeting the needs that you've identified and are likely taking new clients. Saves you a lot of work. I love that because the worst thing is I remember getting a referral and you call and you get a big no. You're already barely making it, you know, so I love that. I think the other thing that providers will often do is hand the parent a list of like, you know, lots of therapists and lots of support groups. And then the parent has to sort through that. And if you're depressed or anxious and have a two-week-old baby or a six-week-old baby, and maybe you have a couple of other kids that are a little older, it's really an enormous task. And so you asked what loved ones could do. It's a huge thing that loved ones could do is actually help find resources 
the parent, get the list for your pediatrician or OB, having not the mom with a two-week-old baby doing all of that work. And so a partner could do that or a mother-in-law or a sister-in-law can do that. And the warm line can do that. Some other things we do on the warm line is we create what we call a parent wellness plan, thinking about sometimes it does take a bit of time to get into that therapist or to call your OB or your pediatrician, whoever you're going to reach out to. We really want that parent to feel like they have things that they can do right away to feel better. So they're not waiting, right, for their provider to call them back. And so that might be things like getting outside and taking a breath of fresh air or taking a walk. It might be going to a new parent support group, which I'm happy to about. It might be calling the pastor or your religious person or sister or your best friend and making a connection. Those are the things that we can expect from the warm line. What other services do you have? Other services that we have are new parent support groups. So if you go to the perinatal support.org website, we have a list of support groups around the state and we have support groups in Spanish. We have support groups specifically for Black and African-American moms. We have support groups specifically for Indigenous moms. And so you can find a group that meets on a particular day in a particular location or perhaps meeting virtually now. A really great way to access services when it's hard to leave your home with young kiddos. And new parent support groups, I think, get a bad rap. Support groups are sort of like, oh, that's not for me. People can feel a little nervous about going. But new parent support groups are really just groups of moms and parents who are talking and getting together together and meeting each other and creating friendships and relationships and then sharing kind of the real deal. This is a lot harder than anyone said it was going to be and really normalizing that and validating it. And really when you hear somebody else say, yeah, this is much harder than I thought it was. And I'm really struggling too. A lot of that stigma and shame that you feel about your own experience can really be lightened and we can feel a lot less sort of this is uniquely happening to me and more see that this is something that actually happens for lots of new parents. That's what I was thinking when a parent like leaves their job maybe and now they're home with kids. What do you do? Is that kind of like to help them get them connected in the community? Yep. It's a place that they can meet other parents. It's a place that they can learn about kind of postpartum emotional health. It's a place that they can learn about just tips and tricks from other parents around how you get your baby to sleep or those other things that when you're home alone and you have Dr. Google, it can be nice to talk to a real person and to hear, gosh, how are you doing this? Or what do you do at five o'clock at the witching hour when your baby won't stop crying? Really learn from what other people are doing versus the Dr. Google or the parenting expert or all the shoulds and shouldn'ts that we're seeing on social media and Instagram and all the perfect parenting that we yeah. see. But in reality, at five o'clock when your baby's screaming in your air, you're doing whatever you can to get through that moment to take the best care of that baby and yourself. And that's doing the best you can. I love it that. You said during the weekends and nights, somebody can call back, but there really is something to getting a voice in a human being. When I advocate for my people and I get a recording, it's just kind of disheartening. Where you leave a message and nobody calls back thing we hear a lot from new parents. Again, we don't recommend calling the warm line and saying, please call my sister or please call my <laughs> wife. But we do have a very easy referral pathway on our website. So it's a form that if you're a provider, you can fill it out on behalf of your client. And if you're a loved one, you can also fill it out on behalf of your loved one. We just ask that you have explicit permission from the person to fill out the form. And you even have to check the box 
box that says I have permission right from the person that I'm asking you to call to call them back. And then we'll call that parent back because we do want to make it as easy as possible for that parent. And sometimes making that phone call on their own is really hard work. But if a provider says, is it okay if I make a referral for you? Or somebody says, is it okay if I reach out on your behalf and someone will call you? The parent will say, yeah, actually that's okay. I'd like someone to call me. We, we really are trying to think about the ways we're taking the pressure off of the individual to do all the work and really reach out and support them. It's on all over our website, which is www.perinatalsupport.org. So you've got the warm line, you've got a place for online support. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else that we haven't talked about yet? The only other thing that I would mention on our website is we have a lot of really great information written for parents. We call it the info hub. And it's a place when you were mentioning, how do you find out more or what are those experiences slash symptoms that might indicate that someone's having postpartum depression or anxiety, parents can find that information on our website. And then the last thing that I would say is we have a statewide, a Washington statewide directory on our website that you can search for a variety of providers or services. And so you can search by location, you can search by specialty. So for instance, if you did have a traumatic childbirth, you could search by someone who specializes in that. Or again, if you're a Spanish speaking person, you can search by Spanish language. Again, the directory is really designed with parents in mind that we know that we need that referral source to meet several different criteria for you, your insurance, your location, you know, that specialty. And so you can search for all of those things on our website. The categories that we have are for therapy, for people who prescribe medication, uh, for support groups, and then what we call complementary providers, which are people like lactation consultants or body workers or other types of caregivers like doulas who can help you in the postpartum period. Before we wrap this up, can we just talk about perinatal loss? Because maybe someone thinks, well, I don't have a baby, so I can't call. No, absolutely. So we serve anyone who's having any emotional health needs surrounding childbearing, which includes perinatal loss. And so what we know is both folks who have lost a baby or a pregnancy and are not currently parenting a kiddo need support. And folks that have had loss in their past and are pregnant do have a young baby. They also need support. That loss doesn't end when you become pregnant again or when you do have a baby. That loss is something that stays with you and might come up at different times. And so we absolutely support parents experiencing perinatal loss. We have a special page on our website that brings together all of the perinatal loss resources, again, in Washington State. And so we have support groups that are listed by day and time and in person and virtual We have resources and tools for you. We have folks on the warm line that they specialize in talking with parents around perinatal loss. Again, support groups that specialize in perinatal loss. So it's definitely an experience that is more common than we talk about. Everyone around you, as well as you, has an expectation of what this is going to be like. And then when it's not that way, it's so nice to know there is a phone number to call that if someone saying, just get over it or just buck up or my sister lost a baby 33 years ago. And we still talk about that baby. It doesn't go away. If the people around you are not supportive or don't understand enough that there is a place where they will take you in and hear you and understand and honor your loss. Yeah. Perinatal Support Washington was started by parents who never wanted another parent to experience postpartum depression or anxiety by themselves to be alone with that experience. And to this day, 30 years later, 
those are the services that we provide. Many, many of the people in our organization are people with lived experience. They might also be professionals now with professional training. Supporting parents so that they're not alone is our number one priority. So what brought you to this work, Mia? Hmm. So I actually am not a survivor of postpartum depression or anxiety, but after I had my kiddo, who's now 22, I did really struggle and I did feel really alone. And I started to become really interested in how we support new parents or how we don't support new parents. And I actually became a postpartum doula and I worked with parents in their homes, supporting them directly and saw that there are not enough resources for parents around this emotional transition. And so I went back to school and I became a clinical social worker and I've been working to support parents and provide more emotional support for them for the last 20 years. That's awesome. I love it that you saw that need, you saw that gap, and then you set out to fill it in the best you could. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Well, Mia, thank you so much. And I feel like this is something that I want people to be more aware of because it's really easy to think, well, everybody has babies. Everybody goes through this, but that doesn't mean that it's easy or there might not be complications. And I know even sometimes early on, you might have a scare and then everything's okay. But that's still that sets you up to have anxiety and to know that there is support rather than people going it's fine, you'll be okay. But to know I can make this phone call and someone will at least say, yeah, I see that you have some anxiety and this is what we know. Absolutely. I think that people think that postpartum depression and anxiety is something that only happens to a very small group of people. And what we know is actually we would expect 10 to 20% of new parents, both moms and dads, to experience any range of a perinatal mental health complication. So that's a lot of people. And so if you're struggling or you know somebody else who is struggling, you really are not alone. There's a lot of people experiencing it. We know how to support you. It's just that people aren't talking about it. So let's talk about it. Let's get it out in the open. This is a conversation that I believe we have to have. And that's why I really wanted this opportunity to interview you. And thank you so much for being willing. Thanks so much. Have a lovely, lovely day. The warm line is 1-888-404-7763. The website is perinatalsupport.org. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening today. I hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.